glad you're here today. And as Jeff said, we are starting out the first message on the Advent season, which is hope that we see up there. And to start out uh, the message on hope today, I want to ask us a question, a question to consider. That when you were getting ready for church today, thinking about what you're going to wear, and then as you were traveling here, was there anything you were hoping for as you, in regards to church as you came to church today? Was there anything you were hoping for in regards to church? I know that when I teach and preach, but particularly when I teach and I come to church, there is something I hope for. And what I hope for is people show up. <laughs> and in fact, on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night when I teach the men's group now that Jeff has given me the responsibility for, which has just been a huge blessing, that when I come on Tuesday nights, it starts at 7 o'clock. And there's been several times when it's 7 o'clock and there's no guys. <laughs> and I, my hope starts getting lost because I put my hope in that the guys are going to show up. And then one guy will show up and then another guy will show up and pretty soon we have like 10 or 15 guys and God just does his work. So when you think about, you know, this building, which we call a church, would not be a church without all of you here. I mean, this is what church is. It's the people who come here. But what we also have a tendency to do is we have a tendency very easily to put our hope in church. And so we can do that a lot of ways, like we're coming to church and we're saying and thinking, I hope this worship team is who's going to be leading worship today. Maybe I hope what songs are going to be sung, or I hope who is going to preach, or I hope who am I going to see today at church, or who am I not going to see at church today. And so we can very easily put our hope in church. And so we can become disappointed, and over time, if we do that too much, we can become very disillusioned. But there's a relationship that exists between church, all of us meeting together, and hope. And I want to look at that today, because if we understand properly the relationship between church and hope, we can really see how when we come and we meet together for church, it can be a place where we do put our hope in God rather than in people or in what is going on. So to do that today, I want us to turn to the book of Hebrews. If you're using your pew Bible, it is page 1007, 1007 in your pew Bible. And we're going to be looking at a passage in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to be looking at verses 19 through 25. And let me go ahead and open up in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the worship that has put our eyes on you, Father. And so, Lord, as we open up this word, will you speak to each of us personally, and will you speak to us as a church today? May your spirit fall upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Starts out and says, Therefore brothers and sisters, and the word there is actually for brothers and sisters, including all, really the church is who it's being addressed to here. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope 
without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, this passage that we're looking at today is really the climax of the entire book of Hebrews. And Tuesday nights, we've been since May, the guys, we've been all going through this book of Hebrews. I have to say, in 30 years of being a Christian, I think my faith in Christ has increased more and more and become stronger going through this book because I have seen things new about Jesus that in 30 years of being a Christian, I never saw before. And we're going to touch on some of that today, but this passage right here is really the crux, the turning point in Hebrews where it sums everything up it's been talking about with Jesus before, and then it's working towards its conclusion that it's going to happen through the next few chapters. As we walk through here, I want to walk through each passage, and I want to do so with keeping in mind what is our hope, and how do we experience that hope today? What is that hope for tomorrow? And so if you look, it starts out, and it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, and it's being addressed to a little church. This was a sermon that was written to a little church like us. We're a little church by the sea. It was written to those who believe, who place their faith in Christ. And then notice what it says. It says, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. You know, my wife um, is working on doing Christmas presents right now, and she is artistically creating all these different things that she's doing to do that. And in doing that, she's using little rocks that she needs. And so she goes to the beach. She did this yesterday. She goes to the beach, and she's going through all these thousands of rocks on the beach looking for just the gems, just the ones that she wants to use for these artistic things that she's doing for Christmas. And I will say that what you see right here, this is one of those gems of Scripture where it says, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Just in that one phrase, we have really the essence of the gospel message, the essence of the faith, and the essence of what we hope for. So if you look at that, it says, uh, since we have confidence to what? To enter the holy places. What that's really saying is that through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, it says, through what he did on the cross, that we have access to heaven. We have access to the presence of God, where our hope is. It really speaks about our hope here. Our hope is that one day we will be fully in the presence of Christ, fully in the presence of God. And that is our hope. So as an example, last Friday, uh, my daughter, who lives in San Francisco, goes to school up there, she came down, and my wife and I picked her up at the airport, and we decided that we wanted to go to the Sawdust Festival, see the, new, the beautiful winter Christmas festival. We hadn't been there before, so we thought we would go there. And as I was going there, um, I remembered that I had been to the festival that we had during the summer. And I was thinking, you know, I think I bought a pass for that. Is that pass that I bought for the summer one still good for the winter one? Okay. <laughs> So I wasn't sure, so, you know, I got in my wallet, and I looked, and oh, I have it, and I went up to the counter, I knew I had to buy a ticket for my wife and my daughter, and I showed them, and I said, here's the pass that I have, it's green pass, it says 2017 annual pass, can I get in? And she goes, 
Well, yeah, I mean, it says it's green, that the passes we're getting out right now are green, and the passes we're giving out right now are 2017, so yes, you can get in. I'm like, yes, okay, I don't have to pay. I can actually use this pass also for the winter festival. And so I was able to get in with that. Now, that's very much like what it's talking about here. It's saying that if you have faith in Christ, you have, and we've heard this phrase before, you have a ticket to heaven. You've been saved through Christ, by grace, through faith. And that faith, you can think of as a ticket that gets, just like this ticket got me into the Sodus Festival, we now have a ticket to heaven. But this is saying something pretty radical, because what it's saying is not just that you have this ticket that when you die, one day you're going to heaven. And that's how the phrase ticket to heaven is used a lot. We sort of have demeaned that phrase because people have just said, oh, well, I have a ticket to heaven. I live my life however I want to right now. You know, I'll die, and then I'll go and be with Christ. Don't have to worry about how I live now. But what it's saying here in Hebrews in just this opening phrase, you do have a ticket to heaven, but guess what? You have access to use that ticket now. Just like I can go over to the Sawdust Festival, the Winter Festival is still going on, and I can go in there with this ticket as often as I want to. I can go into the Sawdust Festival. Think of the Sawdust Festival as heaven, all right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, you know, a lot of people are there. I don't know if people are going to be selling things in heaven, but just think about it. With this ticket, with my faith in Christ, I today, any time, can go and access that and get access to heaven. I have access to the hope that I ultimately have to be in heaven with Christ and with God. That hope is something that we have access to today. And that is the radical thing it's telling us, that hope is not just something I wait for. It is something that I have access to today, and it is certain. Just like today, I can walk down to the Saws Festival, and it's Sunday, they're open. I know then when I go down there, I know that I will walk in and the Sauce Festival is there and I can get in. We today have confidence to know our hope is not just a feeling that we have. Our hope is the access that we have, the certainty that with faith in Christ, we will not only get to heaven, but we have the access to enter that today. And the rest of the passage starts telling us about how we do that. So if you take a look at the next verse, it says in verse 20, it sort of amplifies now. Everything sort of comes from this point that we've got through faith access to this hope we have. We can access that hope whenever we want to. And it says, what, in verse 20, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through the flesh. It's saying here that Jesus is the one who ultimately provided that way. When he died and he was resurrected and ascended into heaven where he today sits at the right hand of God, the same way and access that he had is the same way as the same access that we have. He opened the way for us. He did it first, and we now have access to that. So just like at the Sawdust Festival, notice that at the Sawdust Festival, there is what? Only one way you can go in. There's only one entrance that I can go through. There's only one place that I can, way I can use this ticket. And that's the same thing as saying here is by this new and living way that Christ opened for us. If you think of John 14, 6, what does it say? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The only way I can get into the Sauce Festival 
is with this ticket. The only way I can get into heaven is through faith in Christ. There is one way that he has opened for us. And it says the new way. The new way is because in the old covenant, in the old way, they didn't have the access that through Christ we have today. They had a high priest that one time a year could go into what was the holy of holies and get access to God, but the people were not allowed in. We, through Christ, are given that ticket, that access today that we have. And then in verse 21, it says that how, who is providing that? Notice what it says in verse 21. It says, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. Now, this is something I have to honestly say as a Christian. Even though I taught scripture for maybe 20, 30 years, I don't think until I went through Hebrews that I really got that what Jesus' role was as the high priest. We talked about when I last, my last message when we talked about the birth of Jesus. If you remember, we looked at Luke 2.11. And in Luke 2.11, it says, in the one, again, in one, just one passage, it says, For unto you this day in the city of David was born who? A Savior, Christ the Lord. We talked about there, Jesus is given three titles, Savior, Christ, and Lord. But here what we find out is that Jesus today has another title. Because he res was resurrected on the cross, because he ascended to heaven, today he sits at the right hand of God, not just waiting for us. He sits at the right hand of God being our high priest today. It's like he's standing at the sawdust. It's like he's standing at the entrance and saying, come on in. And it says in Hebrews, I love it, it says that because he went through all the pain and suffering and death, because he went through all that, we can now walk over to him. We can get access to him, and he intercedes and prays for us. As you're praying to God, I don't know if you realize it, but Christ is right there. He's taking those prayers, and he's taking those prayers and giving them to the Father and answering those prayers. He's there at the gate. He's the high priest that allows us in. And then notice what it says, that he is what? The high priest over the house of God. Who is the house of God? We are the house of God. When we say church, we're that church. We are the house of God. And you know, a lot of times we think with church, well, you know, I can choose this church, I can choose that church, which we can. And there's a lot of people these days, sadly, it actually breaks my heart. There's a lot of people, understandably, they've been hurt in different ways through church, but they've actually decided to say, I don't need church anymore. And what we see here is Jesus says, no. It's not our choice to be part of the church. When we accepted him, when we placed our faith in him, he put us as part of the church. The house of God is the church. He chose us to be part of the church, not us choosing to be part of it. We cannot separate us being a Christian and us being part of a local congregation. This is the way God's given to us to access that hope, as we'll see. All those things were put together, and he's just giving us and talking about what that hope is, how do we access that hope. And then what happens next is the author is going to say, because we have this ticket to get in, how do you do that? I can say, well, I know to get to the Sauce Festival, I drive down the street here, I park, okay, if I can find parking, I park, okay, and I get my ticket, 
and then I know where the entrance is, and I walk in, and now I can enjoy all the benefits of the Sauce Festival. But how do we today use that ticket we've been given to access the hope, not just for tomorrow, but the hope for today? Because when we access that hope today, we then have that feeling of hope. All the things that are going on in the world, our hope is certain. But we can know it's certain. How do we access that? And that's what happens in these next passages in Hebrews. It goes through and tells us there's three ways we access that. And notice how it says, it does it in verse 22. It says, let us. In verse 23, it says, let us. In verse 24, it says, let us. It's talking to us. It's saying the way you access this is you do it as a group. You do it as a church. You do it in church. This is where we access that hope that we have. We access heaven. I think Mark said in his last message, he talked about how heaven is so close, we don't even maybe realize how close it is. I mean, heaven is here. The dimension is here, and the way we access that is what it's going to talk to about next. So if you look at verse, first of all, in verse 22, it says, the first way we access that together as a church is it says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That word draw near is actually a word that also then refers back into the Old Testament. Draw near for the priest. That's what they did. Guess who pri the priests are today? Where are the priests? Every one of you, it says in Peter, it says all of us are part of the priesthood. We have now a great high priest, but we are all part of that priesthood. How do the priests get access to God? How do we get access to God? We're doing it right now. I don't know if you realize this, but when you come to church, the church service we have really reflects how we get that access to God real time as we come here. What did the priests do? Three main things. They praised God. They worshiped him. The second thing is through prayer. And the third was through proclaiming the word. That's what the priests did. The way we get access to this hope is when you come to church, I don't know if you realize this, when you come to church and you worship God through like the beautiful music that Ryan was doing today with this whole group of here. As we're worshiping God, we are really, it's telling us, getting access to our hope today. The hope for tomorrow, we get access to it today when we worship God. And when we pray, when Jeff offered the prayer for the offering, anytime we pray, we also as a group are getting access to God. We're getting that ticket and going into the Holy of Holies that access. And the third thing is, is when we proclaim the word. When we, that's why when we come up here every Sunday, we get together and we worship God. We pray and we open up the word. Those are the three ways God has given to us. And when he says, when you do that as a church, when you gather as a church, you're getting that access to God while that's happening. So think about it. As you are coming to church, in fact, it says it right here, how should we come to church? What attitude? It says we should come with a true heart. And as we come into church um, on Sundays or any time we come, like Sunday night or any time we come for any gathering where Christians are getting together, we should come with a true heart in what? With full assurance of faith. 
Why? Because Christ has already cleaned us of our sin, the evil conscience, and bodies washed with pure water, which really can refer to baptism there. When we meet for morning prayer six days a week, what do we do? We worship God. We, we put on a CD. We listen to music. We sing. What do we do? We pray. That's the main thing we do in morning prayer six days a week. And what else do we do? We open up the Word. What do they do when Allison has her women's group? They do the same thing. What do we do on Tuesday night? The same thing. These are the ways that when we gather as a church, we get access to God. And then it says in verse 23, let us hold fast. Now it's going to talk about hope. In fact, just a note here, 22 talks about faith, verse 23 talks about hope, and verse 24 talks about love. You've got the three, faith, hope, and love. And so here it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. Now notice what it says for us to hold on to. It doesn't just say hold on to hope. Hold on to what? Your confession of hope. A confession is what you know, what you can communicate. It would be like, again, as I'm in the Sodas Festival walking around with my wife and my daughter, what am I doing? I'm looking at all the different things, and I'm talking and saying, hey, Michelle, look at this. Isn't this pretty? Or my daughter's saying, hey, Dad, come over here and look at this. I'm talking to different people, and I'm seeing all the beauty of all the different art and creation that everyone's talked about. And what we're doing is we're not walking through with our mouths going, we're walking through sharing with one another what we see. Wow, look at this. Look at that. That's what we should be doing in church. When we gather together, it's saying, your confession, hold on to that. I mean, and if you want to have something to hold on to, you've got to have something to hold on to. Do you know that confession? That's why we stay in the Word of God like this, is because this really gives us what is that confession. And it says when you get together, talk about it to each other. When you come into church, yeah, talk about how you're doing, but talk about Christ. Talk about the hope that you have. Talk about what he's done for us. Talk about what you learned in the Bible. And it's through the sharing of that and the holding onto that that it becomes real for us and that hope becomes real right now. And then the last thing it says, I love it, it says, verse 25, it says, when we get together, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Why do we come to church right here? to meet together. That's really what we do at church. Not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What's the last thing we do when we come together and meet together? We don't just worship, pray, proclaim, share the word, but we encourage one another with that. Whatever we know about Christ and our hope when people are down, when they need someone to pray for them, that's what we do when we get together as we encourage one another. And, you know, I love how it says, you know, here, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And my challenge is think about how you can do that with someone that you might have come to church with today thinking, I don't really want to see that person. Or are you trying to avoid someone because you don't want to talk to them? Those are the ways that God tells you, you know what? That's the person you need to encourage today. That's the person you need to stir up. I will tell you one thing that I've learned as a pastor, probably more than anything else, and I used to be a pastor, associate pastor up at a church 
very diverse church up in the Bay Area with, I mean, all different types. I mean, we had everything with diversity, and people would come from different parts of the country and say, how did you do this? And we'd say, God just did it. I mean, we had diversity in race. We had diversity in socioeconomic, in ages, and everything that you can imagine. And one thing I learned as a pastor through that is that those people that are least like me, those ones that I most struggle with, that I sometimes, even as a pastor, might want to sort of walk around and avoid, that those are the very people who, when I need prayer, when I need to be encouraged, they are the ones most there to audaciously love me and encourage me and enthusiastically do it. I find the ones that are most different from us are the ones who most love us. And so I would challenge you today to find those people and reach out to them and say, how can I encourage you today? When you do that, you are making the hope of heaven real. These are the people. Like when I go into the Sauce Festival, all those people that I see, those are the people that here, it's all of you that I'm going to spend eternity with. It's time to start spending that time with those people now. And as we do that, you will see how much that hope God's given to us will encourage us. That hope is something we have access to today. That hope is something that we've been given access to as we meet together as a church. And that as we do so, we need to really encourage one another. And so now as we come to the end of the service, we're going to do something with this communion here that God has given to us as another way of accessing that hope. It says in 1 Corinthians, it says, 11.26, it says, For as often as you eat of this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That is hope. As you take this communion right now, this is your opportunity to enter into that hope, to say, as today we get access to God through this communion, as we do so today, we remember what Christ did on the cross because of the hope that we have for his second coming tomorrow. And you notice how it says at the very end of this passage, as the day draws near. The day is drawing near, everybody. And now is the time for us to access God. And I will say as we do that, if you don't know Christ, this is your opportunity to say, Lord, I want to have and place that faith in you. And I want you to be my Lord and my Savior and my Christ. I want you to be my high priest. You can do that right now and pray as Jeff is going to come up and serve us communion and take this communion and that hope can become yours. Amen.